This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 8, Episode 9, Uninvited Guests. And let's start it off with some announcements. First up, the announcement you've been waiting for. For the past two weeks, we've been advertising our 2 for 200 giveaway. We exceeded 200 likes on Facebook, and to celebrate, we are giving away two beautiful Wormwood Gaming Dice Volts to two fans who like our Facebook page and commented on the last two episodes. Uh, Today is the day we have drawn the names, and our lucky winners are Morgan Gooden and Aaron E. Parker. Congratulations. Reach out to us. Get in touch. Say hi. Send us uh, the info uh, in a private message where we can send your goodies. Congratulations to you, too. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who commented. There are a lot of really fun ones there. A lot of people saying that Oko is their favorite. So uh, that was really nice for Nick to see. (laughs) And our second announcement is we are going to Gen Con. Gen Con. Um, Come find us there. I will do my best to keep us updated on social media. You can stalk us all you like. Um, Though the cell service is a little spotty, so occasionally uh, there will be blackout periods. Essential NBC's cast members who will be going to Gen Con, myself, Addie, Nick and Jerry from this series and uh, Series 7, Dan Barron from series two, three, four, five, and eight. <laughs> That's too many seasons. <laughs> and Roman Milan from series two and five. Uh, so come find us. We're going to be playing RPGs, walking around the vendors hall, and generally having a good time. We might even have some goodies for you. And with that, let's move on into words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This words with the GM is about series eight, episode eight, conflict of interests. So there was a lot of stuff going on uh, and everybody was kind of working on their own towards our uh, free Tarvo gambit when we hit a couple of snacks. Yeah, everything was kind of falling into place really neatly and the momentum was going... uh, Uh, was going great and kind of organically uh, an opportunity arose for me to present Tan with a choice. And that's actually something I wanted to talk about with this words with the GM, because one of your many responsibilities as a GM is to uh, pay attention not only to the plot arcs that you are presenting and cultivating, but also what your players are doing for their personal arcs for their characters. Because every GM knows, you know, there's multiple different plot threads going on in any given campaign, and you're always trying to figure out how to tie them together, pull on them, and make them into a cohesive and satisfying narrative. And a few episodes back when Tan vocalized her desire to assassinate Jaco and got her hands on the toxin to do so, she sort of created her own plot thread that I was aware of, but wasn't really sure how to incorporate into everything I had going on. And, you know, I kept thinking like, oh, at one point she just might go for it. She might go for it. You know, it's not a a thread that I really have to pay attention to. I just know it's there. And then the way the party kind of split and slowly separated 
faded away from Tan, and then Tan was the only one watching for when Jaco was in the refresher, I realized I had this beautiful moment to to take that thread that she had created herself and run with it. And she's had this kind of ongoing arc throughout all of the campaign uh, where she hasn't really been able to fully pull herself together after the events of order 66 you know she's relying on alcohol and substances uh and you know barroom brawls to like cope with that like pain and betrayal and uh we had this beautiful moment where something hinky is going on with shamash a person who you guys suspect of betraying you uh and there's jaco this character who embodies the trauma of tan's past as a slave and i I saw this moment, grabbed it, and and just like decided to turn the spotlight right on Tan right there and let her really seek out a satisfying next or a satisfying milestone for her personal arc that she's been effectively writing since episode one. Yeah, it's always really satisfying as a GM to be able to um, incorporate things from backstories or uh, things that have been happening in game uh, that are created by your players because you want them to be enfranchised and involved in uh, what's going on uh, in the story, not just because it's your story, but it's because it's the table story. And I think that deciding when to pick up those threads and, and really tug on them or to let them lie and, and see if they go anywhere uh, by themselves is a, is a really kind of one of the truest art form judgment calls of, uh, of being a DM. Um, and this one was definitely one that I probably would have picked up too. A lot of times, you know, you have these kind of lingering threads sitting off to the side and you're not taking the time to like pre-plan putting them in. But as long as you keep them in the back of your head, you know, occasionally the inspiration will strike. Uh, And then you do have to choose whether or not it's in the best interest of of the table and the story for, for you to run with that idea. One thing that can happen, especially when you're taking like a personal uh, arc that a player has introduced, pulling the campaign in that direction, you can alienate some of the other players if if you're not careful. For instance, Tan's decision to uh, to kill Jaco has had implications on your guys's operation here on Tarvo, and that affects all the other players. And the more you run for for certain people, and the more uh, the more comfortable you get with with people at the table, uh, you can start to feel out like when people would think, Oh man, that's a really cool complication. And when people will be rubbed the wrong way by that kind of thing, you definitely don't want to like do one of these maneuvers and then end up creating conflict, not just in the narrative, but also like at the table between the players. Uh, because ultimately another one of your responsibilities as a GM is to like keep everyone engaged and having fun. And I, I kind of felt like I had a good feel for the room. I knew what everyone was doing and it felt like this would be a really satisfying step for uh, Tan to really hit rock bottom and uh, and uh, hopefully have interesting implications as far as her character interactions with the rest of the crew moving forward. And unfortunately, I don't have like a, a universal trick to feeling out the table in that way. It's kind of just a thing you get the more you play with people. And honestly, you can always fall back on the tried and true communicate with your players, you know, do a little bit of tabletop, step back and be like, Hey guys, I think this would be really cool, but how does everyone feel? I don't want to do it if it's going to like piss anyone off. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to present some interesting character moments going forward. I'm really looking forward to having, personally, Elkiri find out. Um, (laughs) But also, just in general, seeing uh, where Tan chooses to go from that moment forward. Yeah, me too. Uh, But another thing I'm interested in talking about is what was your favorite part from the previous episode? I I love that uh, Elkiri is so sweet, but she makes friends with just the worst people. <laughs> um, and Echi Pern is just like a crack up, and I love uh, their relationship so much. It's a it's always a treat to have a, an NPC that just gets you, man. <laughs> uh, so that was my favorite part. Yeah, um, it was a quickly forged friendship, and you utilized. Uh, Monachi Pern's beliefs about the Empire really well to convince uh, Viral to switch sides. So that was great, too. Uh, Altogether, those exchanges, totally great. Uh, But what about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, My favorite part has to definitely be Oko malfunctioning and spraying uh, casting like fluid all over the place to save Moshana's life, followed by Jaxamar also causing a scene. He's usually very reserved, so it was really funny to imagine him just suddenly transforming into uh, a belligerent drunk who's slurring so badly you can barely understand him. Uh, that was just a really fun like choice on, uh, on their part to engage that situation. Uh, so that was my favorite part. I found it really entertaining. But like we said, there's plenty of complications that need to be addressed moving forward. Uh, You guys actually found a mysterious listening device that was previously in the possession of an Imperial intelligence agent. So I'm really excited to hear what's on that. So without any further ado, let's move on in and listen to Series 8, Episode 9, Uninvited Guests. Enjoy! I am Jaxamar Sorrell, human Jedi Sentinel. My Padawan training was patrolling the slums of Coruscant, rooting out the vicious gangs and bringing them to justice. With the guidance of Master Lewitt Rensmer, I learned to rely on my cunning to solve problems, passing my trials diffusing a hostage crisis the day the Clone Wars began. At the height of the war, I was called to the front lines alongside my oldest friend Dudo and his Padawan Elkiri. The idea of the Jedi as generals never sat well with me, and my greater fears were realized when the clones turned on us, and Dudo sacrificed himself so we could survive. His final wish was for me to take up the task of training Elkiri. With the destruction of the Order, it falls to me to ensure the Jedi live on through her. Though my training left me a capable warrior, I've had to quickly adjust in a galaxy where a lightsaber is a beacon for the Empire's most dangerous assassins. Thankfully, we found allies in the former Republic pilot Tan Mobuk and her droid, Oko. She saved us after the Empire rose to power, and her ship, the Exipiter, has been home for the last three years. The galaxy may be shrouded in darkness, but I believe the Force will guide us to a better future. The name's Mobuk, Lieutenant Tan Mobuk of the Galactic Republic Navy. Well, that's who I used to be anyway. Before all this happened, I was a slave, nearly died trying to fight my way out. And when the opportunity to join the Navy presented itself, you bet your ass I jumped like hell. Spent most of the Clone Wars chasing pirates. Found my bird, the Exhibitor, there, in fact. The up-and-ups let me keep her despite her, uh, modifications. And Oko, too. Others might just see a droid, but I know there's more under their shiny metal shell. Now, now we're just trying to survive. With Sorel and El Kiri on board, the Exhibitor will always have a target on her back. 
it'd have been a hell of a lot safer for us to run and hide. But safe never really was my MO. We've done some good helping out with the Heidi and Underground. One day, though, I'm going to give the Empire a kick straight in the teeth for what they've done. To me, to Sorel, to Alkiri and Oko, and all the others they've crushed under their heel. They've won their war, but I've just started mine. Personal identification number 0K0, at your service. Master Tan refers to me as Oko. You may as well, there isn't much time. Please lean back, this will take your mind off the pain. I am told my past has been eventful for a droid. I was captured by roving pirates shortly after the start of the Clone Wars. They modified and reprogrammed me to accompany them on raids. My surgical laser was greatly enhanced for combat utility, and I was trained in the manufacture of stimulants and toxins. Please drink this. I witnessed many gruesome sights, but also interacted with all manner of organic life, occasionally even in a non-lethal capacity. Your species is particularly fascinating. So much blood. Upon my recovery, Master Tan allowed me to retain my memory. My years with the brigands, while regrettable, had instilled in me an appreciation for freedom and autonomy, ideals shared by Master Tan. My unusual modifications, coupled with her impressive piloting abilities, served us well as a Republic emergency extraction team until the clones turned on us and our three Jedi companions. As runners in the Hydean underground, we do what we can to hide good people from the Empire, but nowhere is safe now. Good news, there is a 38% chance that your injuries are non-fatal. Best of luck. I am Elkiri Kanti, Padawan learner. The Force has always been with me, even in the most trying of times, and I am continually surprised by the way the Force guides us all. That it saw fit to match me with Master Jaxamar Sorel, Sentinel, and perhaps the last Jedi Knight. Just like my late master, Duto Noem, Jaxamar and I are an unlikely pair. I've always been more inclined to talk than to fight, and he has always been the other way around. After we escaped, we turned to Rishala, an old friend of mine from early in the Clone Wars. She helped us hide from the Empire when we were in need, and now, along with her, we've formed the Hydean Underground to help save those who are under the thumb of, or worse, enslaved by the Empire. There's no war that can be waged against the Empire. The best we can do is to save those we can and avoid any engagement with the Empire's forces. I must admit, I can sense the apprehension grow in me as we approach every new rescue for the Hydean Underground. But with Master Sorel, Tan, and Oko working beside me, and the Force with us, the Empire will never know we're coming. The last time we left the crew of the Excipiter, uh, they had enacted their plans to overthrow Magistrate Jaco of the planet Tarvo to allow Jessicar Moshana, the leader of Tarvo's abolitionist movement, to rise to power. They attended Jaco's fundraising event and successfully created enough problems between Jaco and the Justicars that the Justicars were unified in their desire to get Jaco out of office. During this, Tan managed to find a moment alone with Jaco in the refresher where she injected him with a lethal amount of a neuroparalytic. 
killing him outright around the same time that the Justicars voted to remove him from office and to bestow the title of magistrate upon Justicar Moshana. All hell promptly broke loose as uh, the Imperial agent Rafe Andromius was found dead in the street uh, with Tan uh, spotted over his dead body by Tarvonian security and Moshana showing the strain of her rise to magistrate being marred with the sudden and somewhat suspicious death of Jaco. And to make matters worse, the crew of the Excipiter was working with a man named Shamash Bell, who apparently was hiding something from them, as he appears to be the one who killed Agent Rafe Andromius before fleeing the planet. Tan had removed a cred stick from Andromius's pocket before fleeing the scene, and said cred stick housed a secret recording device that Oko was inspecting at the end of last session. Oko, uh, it has hours and hours of audio recordings logged in it, uh, enough to fill its, uh, fill its drive up. Plugging that into yourself, you can speed listen and analyze all the data and figure out uh, what all Agent Andromius had recorded. What were the most recent recordings? Uh, it seems this is this is working as almost his log uh, for his time here on Tarvo. It seems he recorded almost every conversation he had uh, while he was operating here. Working your way from the back all the way to the beginning in what uh, what amounts to about three minutes as you speed through all the data, uh, assessing it at a speed only a droid can, you're able to discern a few things. One thing is for sure. Shamash Bell sold out the Hydean underground. Agent Andromius came to the planet with orders to corner and capture Shamash Bell. Rashala's suspicions were correct. Shamash was compromised by the Stormcloud's capture. Uh, when, the, when the two ended up confronting each other, they struck a deal instead. Shamash Bell agreed to give up the entirety of the Hydean underground, everything he knew, in order for sanctuary in the Empire. The one concession he requested was that the Empire made no moves to prevent Tarvo from liberating its Tosh slaves. Uh, according to Andromius, the Empire had little to no interest in the Tosh as slaves, stating specifically that they have a healthy supply of slaves from various other organizations, and currently the climate amongst the Empire, what with the Senate uh, still adjusting to the new order, means that the Empire has to be pretty subtle in the way that it acquires slaves. And to openly trade with Tarvo would cause an uproar in the Senate. However, the Empire was, in fact, uh, interested in securing Tarvo as a planet that answers to the Empire, as far as paying taxes, following, following some imperial law, etc. Though in the recordings where Andromius is speaking to his imperial intelligence handler, you get the sense that they know they have to walk a fine line between uh, bringing Tarvo into the Empire and preserving the imagery of Tarvo as a getaway planet away from, from the Empire and away from the normal day-to-days of the rest of the galaxy. 
Um, so a very, very visible imperial presence there uh, needed to not happen. You also learn that Andromius had approached and manipulated Justicar Ganti under the instruction of his handler. Justicar Ganti is, in fact, an abolitionist and a staunch supporter of Moshana, but Andromius was able to secure an agreement with her saying that uh, should she become magistrate after Jaco is removed from office, she would uh, be willing to work with the Empire and give up some of Tarvo's autonomy if Agent Andromius secured her the magistrate title. He then procured the poison needed to take Justicar Moshana out of the picture, which would leave Justicar Ganti in position to take the title of magistrate in Jaco's stead. You aren't surprised to find out that nowhere in the data does it imply that Andromius had anything to do with the assassination of Jaco. You are aware, Oko, of course, that uh, Tan is the most likely suspect for that, as you did uh, supply her with the paralytic <laughs> that may or may not have taken Jaco's life. You're not sure yet. The autopsy report hasn't come back yet. <laughs> the final recording is of uh, the altercation between Shamash and Andromius. It appears Shamash saw Andromius attempt to poison Moshana as well and went after him to confront him about it. And Shamash confronts him saying he gave the Empire everything they needed to take down the Hydean underground, that you know they had a deal, and that Tarvo was supposed to be liberated. And Andromius justifies his actions saying Tarvo will be liberated under Ganti's rule, but Ganti will be much more subservient to the Empire than Moshana would ever be due to Moshana's pretty unwaverable sense of right and wrong. The altercation got heated. Apparently, Andromius attempted to make a move and Shamash shot him and fled. Uh, and that's what you get uploaded into your memory banks. It's uh, not transmitting is it oko is it recording us right now the blinking light indicates it's full but is it sending this info somewhere else no this appears to just be a local recorder okay um what was on it i relay all of that information (laughs) (laughs) mother dasher i know we should tell the others we need to tell rashala still out there how much do we tell well, uh, I'm sure they'll want to hear the tapes. Understood. Uh, I'll get on the ship's PA. Say, uh, Elkiri, Sorrel, uh, there's something you might want to see. Um, sure. I will stop meditating and head over to the cockpit, I guess. I continue meditating for another 30 seconds and then make my way to the cockpit. I okay. stash the drinks. They're gone. Sure. Uh, you all crowd around the door to the uh, to the rather cramped cockpit, and uh, you spend some time as Oko highlights the uh, the interesting parts <laughs> of the uh, of the recordings. But I don't understand why why would he have killed Magistrate Jaco? Does it matter? Obviously, he betrayed all of us. We have to warn Rashala. She believed Bell to still be part of her network, and he's out there. He's heading somewhere right now. Yeah, I, I'll go see if I can't reach her on a secured line. Yeah, I mean, you can reach her. The security of the line is unknowable. Right. But you do reach her, and you relay all the information to her. All the information that I have, which is not all the information. Uh, she goes, that's, that's terrible. 
I'm glad the four of you are all right. It seems Tarvo's a dangerous planet to be on right now. Somewhat. Will you be leaving there shortly? That is the hope. The hope? We're staying for a moment. Hopefully soon we'll be leaving of our own accord rather than escaping. Ah, because Moshana wants to have... More words. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, I've met Justicar Moshana once before. She seemed like a good woman. Regardless of what all has happened, I am glad to hear that she is taking, uh, she has taken the office to, to rule Tarvo. I feel like there might be some, some change under her uh, control. I hope so. As do I. Make all this bloody business worth it. Thank you for the warning of Shamesh. I am shocked to hear of his betrayal, but he has always been the type of person who's willing to do terrible things in order to save lives. And I'm sure that's what he thought he was doing in his own misguided way. If he arrives, we will detain him, though he's a smart man. I don't think he'd risk coming here after being so exposed. Stay safe. You as well. And she ends the call. How long has it been since Moshana told us that she would contact us soon? Uh, to catch you guys up to speed and for you guys to really like observe the, the parts of that, uh, the recordings that Oko highlighted as the ones that, you know, give the pertinent information. It's been, we'll say like four hours. Uh, I go find Tan, preferably alone. Uh, I'm in my quarters. I go in, I close the door behind me. Sorrel? I need you to tell me it wasn't you. What are you talking about? I made a play for the access codes to get into Jayco's residence. I told you about Bell heading after Rafe. And you called after, saying you'd gotten Jayco's access key while he was in the refresher. Yeah, you had been detained. You weren't able to get up there. I need you to tell me it wasn't you, Tan. Are you talking about... I just got the key card. That's what we were trying to do, right? That's the whole thing we were setting up was... To get the key card? They found him dead in the refresher, Tan. Okay. That. What do you want me to say? I need you to tell me it wasn't you, Tan. You know, we've been through a lot, Sorrel, you and I. Even before this shit happened, we've been through a lot. And we're in the middle of it now, and the only thing that you can do is come in here and accuse me. I've had your back through all of this, Tan. Even when I disagreed. But you still haven't told me it wasn't you. It wasn't me. Are you happy? No, Tan. No, I'm not happy. We put in all this effort to take down this man in such a manner as to affect lasting change on this planet. He's a martyr now. His successor, the result of a political assassination. Even if she's found not guilty and his death is ruled by some miracle, not a murder... In what scenario is she able to push forth any kind of political agenda without the shadow of his death hanging over her? They still have all of the evidence that we uncovered. Everything that he did, it's all still there. he He's not a martyr. He's a corrupt businessman. His death means the system never punishes him. The system sees him as a victim. The system was never going to punish him, Sorrel. You're naive if you think that. Not to the extent... That he deserved. Is it more important that he receives the punishment you believe he deserved, or that all of the Tosh go free? 
the Tosh are going, going to go free. For your sake, I hope that's true. And I leave. Quite a few more hours pass. Intense silence. The air in the exhibitor and in this hangar just still and cold and quiet. And then, Elkiri, your uh, holocom chirps. Uh, I will answer it. Uh, the image of Magistrate Moshana appears before you. How late is it? Very late? Uh, it has been nearly 10 hours since you left her. It's pretty late. It's almost the next day. Good evening, Mad- Magistrate. She looks tired, but is still standing uh, strong. Um, uh, she uh, nods to you and goes, Elkiri, I would much like to speak with you and your crew. I have much to catch you up on, and I'd rather do it face to face. Before you have any concerns, I have cleared any suspicions that might lead to uh, the four of you being incriminated. Oh, that's a relief. Uh, where should we meet you? In the magistrate's office. I'll, I'll gather everyone and we'll make our way there. And I will go and wake up everyone, starting with Jaxmar. I'm still meditating in the hangar, or in the cargo bay. Um, Master? Yes, Okiri. I've just heard from Magistrate Moshana. Um, she'd like to see us. We should be on our way then. Okay, I'll go get uh, Tan. I'll uh, knock on the door. Tan? Yes? Uh, Magistrate Moshana would like to see us. She says we have nothing to worry about. We're not going to be incriminated. So I think you're okay to come with. Uh, okay. You trust her? Honestly, I don't really know her. But I don't think we have much of a choice unless we want to exit excitingly. (laughs) That's true. Uh, I'll be there in a minute. Okay. Oko, are you in the oil bath? Master Elkiri, are you injured? No, no. Thank you, Oko. We're we're leaving soon. We're we're going to go to uh, Magistrate... Moshana's office. I will accompany you. Uh, great. So after I've gathered everyone, we'll just, we'll head out. So you guys have a tense walk back to the exalted comfort. I must admit, I am still apprehensive at the death of this Imperial agent. Surely the Empire is on its way. In force. It's okay, Oko. We'll get off this rock soon. I promise. Yes, Master Ten. You are escorted up. Uh, the magistrate is expecting you. The revelry and festivity that permeated the exalted comfort upon your first visit is noticeably gone. It is eerily quiet. There are still uh, security bureau officials kind of making a perimeter around. Uh, The guests uh, are not out and about. If they're here at all, they must be confined to their rooms. And this sense of somber quiet uh, accompanies you all the way up to the very top of the outward arch where the magistrate's office is. The door opens up. You enter the office. It is black and gold with beautiful sweeping views of the capital of Tarvo and the surrounding naturescape. Standing out on a balcony in different, more exalted-looking robes than you saw her at the party is Magistrate Moshana. The doors to the balcony are open, and you can walk freely out there. She's leaning there, looking out at the city. 
turns at the sound of your arrival and uh, like lets out like a long sigh and then says, I have to hope that none of you played a hand in Jayco's demise. The reports have come back. His death was ruled natural causes, a uh, heart attack, perhaps caused by the excitement. It's quite perplexing given his age and relative health, but no doctor can seem to find any cause for such a thing. Uh, unfortunately, what this has done is it has stifened my ability to walk back some of Jaco's most recent edicts. He had supporters. I'm sure with the evidence that you say is somewhere in this office, I can begin to work on removing that lasting support that has grown with his untimely and unfortunate death. However, wielding such, uh, such accusations as malpractice and treachery this shortly after someone's death and taking their office obviously would look, well, to put it lightly, bad for me. It's going to take some time before I can really begin to work on freeing the people of Tarvo. What I was hoping was going to be a unanimous, supported movement against Jaco has now become stifled in accusations of conspiracy and a grab for power. I do believe that good can still be done here on Tarvo, but whoever, and she looks at all four of you, had a hand in Jaco's death, well, they've made it so that the people of Tarvo will have to wait for some time. For the time being, I was able to shift all blame onto the man known as Shamashbel. We were able to confirm that he had been meeting with Andromius. We were able to, we were able to place him with all of the people in question. Enough suspicion is on him that he's wanted for questioning. The four of you, your names have been left completely out of the investigation. I did this because you saved my life, she says directly to Oko. And that is a debt I was not going to leave unpaid. I am a doctor, but your honor is appreciated. You should know that Andromius was working with Ganti. They wanted to put Ganti in power, and that's why there was an attempt on your life. Even with Jaco ousted, it wouldn't have been true freedom, not from the Empire. That is unfortunate to hear. She says, like, reacting to it, but, like, with weariness, like, another thing has gone horribly wrong when she hears that. I understand her feelings completely. <laughs> Made even more unfortunate still by the fact that in order to appease Jaco's supporters and quell the overwhelming accusations of conspiracy, I did in fact need to speak to the Empire. What did you say? Well, I was contacted by one Rissa Anaro shortly after the incident, a few hours into my reign. She let it be known that the Empire was aware that Tarvo was housing four fugitives. She identified the four of you by the name of your ship and your real names. I assume this was information she gathered from Shamesh before he left. You're telling us this because you've provided us a window to escape or because you've sold us out. I need you to tell me which it is right now. <laughs> she smiles just a little bit at like the, the fire with which like you, uh, you say that. And she raises a, a, like, a tired hand and goes, please, we, even with Shamash's treachery or whatever treachery, ultimately, good things will come of this. And I appreciate the hand you had in that. 
Commander Onaro and I were able to agree that an overt imperial presence on the planet would not go over well in the Senate or the galaxy as a whole. However, steps have been made to, to align Tarvo with the Galactic Empire. A representative of the Senate will be here tomorrow to hammer out what I'm told are very generous terms for Tarvo's inclusion in the Galactic Empire. I've been ordered to track and capture the four of you and turn you over to the Empire. I told them I would be doing this to the best of my ability. They gave me a short window of time. I have no intention of delivering on this promise, but I also have no intention of leaving Tarvo in a place to no longer have the shield of the Senate, as flimsy a shield as that is these days, from the full reprisal uh, of the Imperial military. You don't have to bargain with the Empire. If we know what's coming, I mean, we've, we made it away from Reaver Squad once without knowing anything. We can figure this out. There's no reason that you should have to have to deal with them on our account. My only hope is to be able to walk away from this situation without the Empire suspecting that I aided you in your escape. Your ship has been ordered to be locked down. It's not too hard a ship to find. And so for you to escape without any sort of altercation or fight would seem suspicious for me. But I do think there might be a way we can work this out to both of our benefits. At that moment, both Jaxamar and Elkiri, I am going to flip a dark side point, and I'm going to give you two a choice. The both of you can ignite your lightsabers right now and save Magistrate Moshana's life, also outing yourselves as Jedi's, or you can let her die. In a flash of intuition from the Force, you have the time necessary to draw your lightsabers and ignite them in order to protect her. So, just just to be clear, we both have to choose to light our lightsabers? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm on my feet with both lightsabers ignited. Okay. I pull mine into my hand from my boot. Okay. In a flash, Tananoka, without any warning whatsoever, Jaxamar... Quick draws his, his two lightsabers, ignites them, and leaps forward. And Elkiri force pulls her lightsaber out of her boot, lights it, and spins downward. Uh, and the two of them deflect three separate blaster bolts into, into the night sky. And uh, Moshana stumbles back, eyes wide. And um, a, a full like second later, you hear... As the sound catches up with the blaster bolts coming from what you would imagine is very far away. Three shots, precision shot to get her in her head and her heart twice. Uh, Jaxamar was able to deflect the two in the, uh, in the heart and Elkiri was able to deflect the one going for the head. We should go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move Moshana sure. like, over to the corner. Or yeah, yeah, with her free hand, Elkiri puts it out and Moshana is like slides across uh, into the office uh, off the balcony. Looking around, you see only one building tall enough to uh, allow the shots that were just taken on Magistrate Moshana. Both of you immediately instinctively stand like shoulder to shoulder, ready to deflect more oncoming shots and none come. And Moshana from the office kind of leaning 
like weak in the knees against uh, her her desk, goes, Jedi. We need to go now. I'm already on my way. <laughs> uh, and you guys begin to make your way uh, towards the turbo lift. Uh, I will use the seek force power on Rissa Anara. Okay. Uh, I generate the force points necessary to know her general direction. Or location. <laughs> or location. You get a flash for a moment. You see uh, uh, Rissa Anaro on the bridge of a ship. She is talking into a comm and then looks and seems to bark an order at uh, one of the helmsmen of the ship. And, uh, and that's what you see. We need to get to a more structurally sound location. Those shots, they're, they're going to, to bring, my, uh, bring my guard here. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to, to leave the building. Uh, I've, I've already done enough to, to cover you up. Uh, you can't go that way. I, I have an airspeeder. You can, you can take that. And catch whoever just took those shots at me. Oh, we will. She, she leads you uh, down a little way. She's shaking from it. Uh, and she keeps looking at Jaxamar and Elkiri like trying to size them up almost as she's leading you down the hallway to uh, the dock of her airspeeder. Uh, and she goes there. This used to uh, belong to, to Jayco. It's the magistrate's car. You can, you can just, you can take it. It'll be fine. No I'm one will miss it. already in the cockpit. <laughs> uh, it is a four-seater airspeeder, uh, open cockpit. Um, and uh, you all begin going in. And as you guys are about to leave, uh, as if against her better judgment, Moshana goes, wait, there's something else. Just please, please. And she goes rushing uh, back down the hall. Unless I'm stopped. I can't wait that long. I have to go back to, like, find out what's happening. I will also follow. Uh, the two of you zoom back as uh, Jaxamar opens up the hangar door and, and Tan revs up the engine of uh, the airspeeder. Uh, you find her in her private quarters, um, which looks like it... it she started to move into it. It's almost completely moved in, but there's still a couple like crates and she's digging around in one of them. And she turns around and like shouts when she sees you and almost drops uh, a small case that she's holding. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, it's, it's this. I was told to give, I suppose you this. Me? Yes. Uh, you need to leave now though. And she hands you the, the crate and she goes, you can contact me. I can explain more, but I can't risk you not having that. Oh, okay, thank you. Go, go! <laughs> you should take care of Ganty. They're not going to stop until you do. And then I turn around and run. I hand her the recording device without the 500 credits and say, <laughs> stay safe and don't join the Empire. And then leave. Uh, as you do, you hear her say to herself, I wish I didn't have to. And uh, you guys get back to the airspeeder, which like is like revving, like Tan is ready to go. Uh, and uh, you guys jump in, and I assume Tan guns it. Pedal to the metal. All right. As you guys depart, uh, moving down towards the normal airways of airspeeder traffic, you see a vehicle departing from that same building that the shots came from, down in its kind of mid-level hangar. Uh, and it is it is making a beeline trajectory away from the, the city, uh, away from Tarvo's capital. And thus you are confronted with another choice. Do you go towards the exhibitor or do you chase after said vehicle? I, I will bank hard and turn towards the other vehicle and gun it more if I can. Okay. We will enter initiative and a chase scene. Uh, so everyone needs to roll initiative for me. Master Tan, the exhibitor is that way. 
Yes, Oko. Just one little thing we have to deal with first. Uh, before we figure out initiative, uh, Tan, I need you to roll an opposed piloting check for this chasing. Uh, this is a daunting uh, opposition with uh, two challenge dice. Yep. Uh, and I'll flip a destiny point to add another challenge die. No successes with six advantages and one despair. Uh, so you were previously at medium range, and the speeder you are now chasing after uh, got enough of a head start on you that they move into what, what would be considered long range uh, as they are starting to get away from you. Um, now, did anyone get better than a two on initiative? All right, since none of you got better than a two, the opposition will go first, and then you guys will go, and that will be the round. (laughs) (laughs) The vessel you are chasing seems to notice that you are on its tail and begins to take evasive uh, action. The the maneuvers are skillful, to be sure, Tan, uh, but they're not very effective at this range, and they fail to actually uh, have any effective evasive action against you. And now it's your guys' turn. I'd like to go full throttle. So I can make a hard piloting check to increase the vehicle speed by one for two rounds. Uh, So go ahead and make that check. That is three successes and two advantages. If you have any strain, you can use those advantages to to heal them up or you can send them forward as boosts. Uh, But you do, in fact, uh, step on the gas and... uh, tweak uh, one of the engine safety sensors on this airspeeder and you get a little extra speed out of it uh, as it kind of jolts forward and and zooms down to get on an even level with this airspeeder you're chasing which seems to be descending downwards at a at a slight angle i'm going to take two strain to do an additional maneuver okay to close the distance all right, so you move from long range to medium range as you begin catching up. Once I have uh, closed the gap a little bit, I will go ahead and use fire discipline to let Oko know where to shoot. All right, go ahead and roll leadership. No successes, three advantages. All right, well, that doesn't give Oko a boost, but it does make it so that when Oko hits, he also deals str- uh, a little bit of strain instead of just doing whole damage. Uh, who's up next? Yes, Master Tan. I will fire. Okay. Uh, you have a couple boosts from her from her advantages when she was uh, going full throttle, and you are at medium range. I will make one maneuver to aim. Okay. That gives you another boost. This target is adversary two, so you have to upgrade the difficulty of this test twice. Three successes, five advantage, and a despair. Okay. So first off, how much damage is that? Eight damage. Uh, and I will use four of the advantage to crit. Okay. Go ahead and roll the crit. 35. Knocked off course. On next turn, pilot cannot execute any maneuvers and must make piloting check to regain control. One difficulty per speed. Okay. Uh, so while your shot doesn't seem to pierce the armor of this vehicle, uh, you can get a better kind of look at it as uh, Tan closes the gap. It's kind of bullet-shaped, uh, as if you, like, cut a bullet in half. Uh, so it has a flat bottom. Uh, and you manage to, like, wing right underneath one of its two engines on the back, uh, which shuts that engine out, and it starts spinning a little bit, uh, kind of leveling out after a couple spins, but it's, uh, it's now careening off course, uh, zooming to the, to the left with smoke billowing out of it. So are we at medium range? Uh, currently, yes. Okay. Are we in nature, or are we in the city still, I suppose? 
while you are declining in altitude and moving towards the edge of the plateau that the city sits on, you are still over the city at the moment until the end of this round. Yeah, I will attempt to use the force to grab a crate or something like a, a, a dumpster or like a transit crate or something. Okay. Um, and I'm going to hurl it at their vehicle. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give it a shot. Okay. Uh, you get to make an attack at medium range using discipline as your uh, attack skill. And the target does have adversary two, so you have to upgrade the difficulty by two. Uh, I generated four light side points, so I can totally do this. Uh, and I actually hit uh, with one success and three advantages. Okay. Uh, I'll let you use those three advantages to crit if you want. Oh, I definitely want to do that. Yeah, because you're not, uh, the while you are hurling this thing and it would do damage to a normal thing, it won't be able to do damage to the speeder, but I'll let you use those three advantages to crit, though the move force power doesn't have a crit rating necessarily. Three sounds like a good enough number to aim for. So with that, um, you reach out in the in the force. You see down a ways um, there's a restaurant being restocked. Uh, there's a, a large like airspeeder like with an open uh, platform with a bunch of crates in it. And you reach out with the force, grabbing one of those crates and hurling it uh, with extreme speed towards this airspeeder that's far away from you. Uh, go ahead and roll a D100 for your crit. Don't forget to add 10 to it because it's already been crit once. That's a 25, so it's losing power to shields. Uh, it's a minus one to defense in defen- in a defense zone until repaired. If it doesn't have any defense, it takes a strain. Okay. You hit, and uh, this crate breaks up against this thing, uh, denting and popping open, and a bunch of runs just splatter on the side of this thing. Uh <laughs> And, uh, and then some of them fall down to the ground, uh, barely missing any of the city as you guys break past the, uh, the pl- plateau. It falls down the, uh, one of the waterfalls. Uh, Jacksmore? Being ineffective at this range, with my lightsabers at the ready, I will meditate and prepare for when I am in range. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and roll a discipline check to mentally prepare for the oncoming fight due to the circumstances of being in a uh, high-moving open cockpit airspeeder that is zipping around uh, uh, at breakneck speeds beyond what the speeder should be capable of. I will call this a hard check. Uh, and I will flow as well. Okay. Uh, that's one success, and then my two light side points will generate two automatic advantages should I use discipline to meditate on my next turn. Okay. So yeah, uh, you get a, a, a boost die when you act on what you're meditating on. Uh, and then we are back at the top of the round. They can execute no maneuvers and must make a piloting check with difficulty equal to speed to regain control from their critical hit. Uh, so unable to take uh, maneuvers uh, and having to use their action uh, to regain control of their speeder, that is what the... Uh, person you are chasing does. The speeder seems to get a little more in control and then begins like uh, continues on its course uh, downward uh, towards what appears to be like some of the thick mountainous forest area uh, that surrounds the capital city of uh, the capital of Tarvo. And it's any one of your turns. Master Ten, would you like assistance? Yeah, Oko, whatever we need, whatever we need to get these doshers. 
I will use improved stim application to make a hard medicine check to increase Tan's agility by one for the encounter. If successful, she takes one strain. It is successful. So, uh, twisting your, your modified arm to lock your blaster back into place to allow the stims to come out, uh, the despair you uh, rolled earlier becomes apparent as the, uh, as the blaster mechanic on your modified arm is currently uh, damaged. Uh, it's still functional, but it will, uh, it, will increase, it will increase the difficulty of any tests you use to shoot with it until you repair it. Hmm. Um, but you manage to like slot it back into the arm and, uh, and pull out the needle and jam it into uh, Tan's neck. And Tan, your agility goes up by one and you take one strain. I will uh, use that rush of adrenaline to uh, keep gunning it and close the gap with this speeder. Uh, yeah, you can get to close range with man- uh, with two maneuvers if you want. Yeah, I will take the strain to do that. Okay. The time it takes for the enemy ship to kind of gain control gives uh, the now stimmed up uh, Captain Tan the time she needs to close the gap. And you guys are now at close range, uh, almost jockeying for position with this, uh, uh, with this smoking speeder in front of you. Uh, seeing that uh, El Kiri previously threw that crate uh, at the ship, uh, I will, once I get up in close range, uh, motion her and say, El Kiri, grab another. Grab something. All right. And I will use fire discipline. Cool. Roll leadership. Uh, no successes and one advantage. Okay. Well, you can use that advantage to heal up the strain you got when you were stimmed up. Um, but you don't confer any, uh, any mechanical benefit to, uh, Elkiri, except for maybe, uh, snapping her into action. Um, okay. How high up are we? You are at roughly 350 meters. I look around and there's not really anything to grab because we're so high up. So I make eye contact with my master. I nod. (laughs) (laughs) And I will use the force to move my master onto the ship in front of us. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so you can go ahead and roll that. Uh, it is a close ranged attack using uh, uh, discipline as your skill. Mm-hmm. You can have a boost because I assume Jackson Mar is assisting you in this a bit. He jumps very much. <laughs> I'm going to flip a destiny point to upgrade my check. Okay. One success and one advantage, and I and I am momentarily use the fear inside of me to make sure that he gets there because I can't lose another master. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you call on the dark side of the force a little bit in your fear uh, as you huck Jaxamar Sorrell, uh, who uh, leaps up from his meditative position, uh, igniting both of his lightsabers. Um, and uh, Jaxamar, uh, I need you to roll a coordination test um, or an athletics test. Uh, and you can have a boost because Elkiri got uh, an advantage on her attack. What's the difficulty? I will call this a hard test. Uh, and I will spend a destiny point to upgrade uh, the difficulty by one. One failure. Okay. Uh, so uh, you land. Uh, lightsabers ignited, uh, and then you immediately turn them off as you uh, roll a bit and uh, grab on um, to one of uh, the panels of this damaged 
uh, airspeeder, barely maintaining your footing. Uh, we will count it as difficult terrain uh, as you continue to maneuver. <laughs> uh, which will mean you'll have a setback to anything you attempt to do uh, on top of this uh, speeder as you are uh, currently kind of trying to get decent footing. It is your turn, though. Uh, I'm going to leave Dudo's lightsaber off and use that hand to maintain some semblance of control on this speeder as I slash out with my lightsaber uh, and I will use Eb as I do. Okay, trying to carve a hole in this thing? Yes, and I will flip a destiny point to upgrade this check. Okay. Uh, and I will suffer too strain to use both of my maneuvers to aim. Okay, uh, so as the speeder begins kind of uh, um, teetering and tottering, trying to buck you off, you can tell uh, whoever's piloting this ha- uh, noticed your landing on the back of the speeder and is trying to shake you off. Uh, you you kind of flop around a little bit, keeping the one hand in. You ignite your, your blue lightsaber. Uh, you take the extra second to kind of look before you stab, and you go for it. Uh, do not forget your setback for difficult terrain. Uh, so that is two successes, six advantages, one despair. Anyone inside the speeder adds two automatic threat to any checks they make before the end of my next turn. <laughs> So my lightsaber deals 10 damage with a breach rating of 1, and then I will use all of my advantages to crit three times. Okay. Uh, So if I recall, your lightsaber is vicious too. Yes. Uh, So you can roll a crit test at a plus 70. So that is a 79, which is power fluctuations, and the pilot cannot voluntarily inflict system strain until the crit is repaired. Okay, uh, so you carve uh, a line, not quite a hole, more like a line as you skid uh, uh, back a little bit and catch on to something. Um, and uh, you carve like a nice deep gash in this, uh, uh, in the ship, fire and smoke starts billowing out and the panel that you are holding onto buckles and breaks off and you go flying off of this speeder uh, with your despair. Free falling uh, uh, back behind you. You see uh, all of the rest of you in in uh, your airspeeder see Jaxmar lose his grip on this enemy speeder and go flying back. So um, the enemy ship reveals a retractable turret mounted auto blaster that pops out of the top and spins around and uh, will take a shot at your guys' airspeeder. And I will flip a destiny point to upgrade their check. Okay, uh, so it hits the airspeeder and deals four damage to your airspeeder, uh, which has an armor of one, so it's reduced to three damage. So your airspeeder is now three out of five wounds uh, as one shot hits right near the engine block and actually crits. Uh, and your ship suffers from power fluctuations. You see as, like, the the, the lights, like, blank out and like sparks shoot out of the out of the console in front of you um and you cannot voluntarily inflict system strain on the ship to gain extra starship maneuvers until this critical hit is repaired and uh now it's your guys's turn jaxmar is flailing back flying uh kind of below and towards you um what do you guys do can i catch him with the force yeah you can try okay uh, given the circumstances, catching something that is flailing downwards uh, 
we'll call it an average discipline check, but I will flip a destiny point to uh, upgrade that difficulty by one. One success and one advantage. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can heal a strain with that advantage if you'd like. Um, I'm going to pass it forward. You, you send it forward as a boost. All right. Holding onto the headrest of, of your seat with one hand, reaching out with the other, Alkiri, you hang halfway out of this careening airspeeder, uh, looking down at your master as he plummets towards the tree line, uh, and you catch him with the force. And he is now being kind of like pulled behind uh, the airspeeder uh, as if on a as if on a rod because you only generated two force points. You were only able to catch him. Um, I will flip a destiny point to the dark side as I I use that final dark side point that I rolled that I wasn't going to use uh, to pull him uh, up towards my hand. Sure. Uh, with the fear of losing yet another master. Uh, uh, guiding your actions. You take a strain in a conflict uh, and flip a, a destiny point over to the dark side as you uh, that there's that brief moment where he's just kind of held in place in relation to the airspeeder and then he gets pulled back into his seat. You go flying up Jaxamar and plop down in the seat next to El Kiri. <laughs> Welcome back, Master Sorrel. <laughs> uh, any one of you can go now. Can I ram the other airspeeder? Uh, yeah, you can use a maneuver to get up to the, like, kind of engaged range and make a piloting check to try and ram into it. Okay, uh, that's all I'll do. All right, it will be an opposed piloting check, which is going to be uh, daunting with two challenge dice, and then it is adversary two, so it's an additional two challenge dice. Uh, and you do have a boost uh, spurred on by uh, by the brave acts of the Jedis in the back seat. You see Sorrel safely planted back in the airspeeder, so you know you don't have to go after him, and you can just hit on the gas. Uh, so that's a boost from Elkiri. I will also flip a light side point to upgrade the check. Okay. Buckle your seats, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that is four failure and three advantage. Okay, uh, so you tried to ram into the back of this uh, ship. It kind of manages to twist and maneuver, so you aren't quite able to make full contact. You kind of scrape up along the side of this thing, and uh, the chase continues on. How many advantages did you get? Three advantage. I will send those forward as advantages. Okay. While you haven't quite managed to ram into this thing, uh, you have set all of your teammates up to make a... Uh, you have set one of your teammates up to make a, a pretty uh, solid action against this thing. Uh, who's up next? I will take a shot. Okay. You are at uh, short range. Um, you have boosts from Tan's advantages. Uh, the opponent does have the adversary two, which upgrades the difficulty of the check by two. Uh, and the number of dice in the difficulty does go up by one uh, because your gun is uh, currently damaged from your previous despair. Uh, and I will flip a destiny point to increase the difficulty once more. One hit and three advantage. I will send the three advantage forward again as boosts. Okay, uh, so you rake the bottom of this thing with, with laser fire, cutting uh, open the hole, but nothing vital seems to get damaged. Um, but uh, your attack does compromise the hull of the ship enough to give uh, some advantages to your uh, allies. Uh, who's up next? As they draw closer, as we jockey for position, uh, I will slash out with both lightsabers. Okay, go for it. Uh, I will suffer two strain to aim twice. Okay. Uh, and I will flow as I strike out. All right. Uh, so that is 11 damage with breach one. Uh, flow adds 
two automatic advantages to my next lightsaber check, uh, and I generate six advantages, which I will spend all of them to crit. You're rolling a D100 at a plus 80. That is 160. Okay. <laughs> uh, your guys' airspeeder uh, bumps away from the enemy airspeeder. O- Oko rakes the underside of the enemy airspeeder with laser fire, kind of cutting through. Doesn't seem to do any uh, extreme damage, but as the ships go back to collide into each other again, uh, Jaxamar uh, notices uh, the glow of, of like the engine core uh, through the, the crack that Oko had cut. And he steps up one foot on the back of Oko's seat, one foot on top of uh, the back seat, uh, lunging forward and stabbing inward with both of his lightsabers. Uh, he drives his, his lightsaber in and like kind of twists with the motion of Tan's motions of the airspeeder as she moves uh, away and upward. And you carve up your lightsabers up and out the side of this uh, airspeeder, which spins uh, the back of it, starting to uh, starting to uh, glow and uh, erupt in flames. Uh, you look over your shoulder and you see through the uh, the windshield of the cockpit of this airspeeder, you see the face of Reaper Squad's Eula Laulin uh, make eye contact with you. And as she reaches to, uh, to eject, the entire uh, airspeeder she's in explodes uh, as it is vaporized. Ash and metal and fire uh, rain down on the forest below. You guys are pushed back. Uh, Jaxmar, you're almost knocked out of uh, out of the airspeeder once more because you're standing on top of it. Uh, but you manage to like kind of like fall down, and, and uh, you and Elkiri kind of grab each other to keep you in the uh, in the airspeeder. And the airspeeder is shoved away by the force of the uh, of the explosion. And then I would like a, to get us to the exhibitor as expediently as possible. <laughs> Five minutes ago. Sure. Um, this all happened rather quickly. Um, and as you're speeding back in and, uh, and re rejoining traffic, trying to look as casual as possible and you're, and you're pretty damaged, but not like horribly like, f- you know, flame ridden airspeeder. Uh, you try not to draw attention to yourself. Uh, and you see as Tarvonian V wings, uh, are dispatched to the area of the crash to investigate. Uh, their their um, spotlights shining down. Uh, they seem to be patrolling and looking around. Uh, you're able to make your way, uh, ditch the magistrate's vehicle, and make your way into the uh, Sanctum Hotel. No one seems to be following you. You guys get back into the hangar of the Sanctum. Uh, Elkiri, you, you're getting ready to go kind of check out of the, uh, of the Sanctum Hotel so they'll open the, uh, the hangar bay for you. Um, and um, as you guys walk in, uh, an automated uh, voice speaks out, thank you for staying at the Sanctum Hotel. And uh, the hangar opens up for you. Let's get the heck out of here. I take my crate. I walk onto the ship, and I go into my room. <laughs> yeah, you guys speed onto the ship, assuming that uh, Magistrate Moshana must have paid your tab at this hotel, and, uh, and you're, clear to, you're clear to leave. I am in the cockpit, and we are taking off. All right. As you guys are, are starting to, uh, to leave Tarvo behind... Uh, rattled and shaken, but trying not to draw too much attention uh, as more and more V-Wing patrols begin to uh, uh, dispatch from the uh, various spaceports of the city. Uh, as you're breaking atmosphere, Tan, I assume you're beginning to, like, 
plot a hyperspace jump? Yeah, we're spooling up. Cool. Um, as it's spooling up, uh, Oko, in the engineering bay, you hear a weird sound coming from the hyperdrive. Master Tan, there's a sound coming from the hyperdrive. Well, Oko, can you check on it instead of just telling me that there's a weird sound, please? <laughs> right away, Master Tan. I will Thank check you. on it. Yep. The sound coming from the Please hyperdrive. Please do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you float over there, Oko, and um, there's a device attached to your ship's hyperdrive. Master Tan, there's a device attached okay, to Okay, what our is ship's it, Oko? <laughs> what what can is it a bomb? Allow me to investigate. Uh, you can roll a hard education or an average computer test to discern the function of this strange foreign device attached to the hyperdrive of the exhibitor. I will attempt a computer's check. Okay. Failure with four advantage. Okay. You don't know exactly what this does. <laughs> but uh, looking it over. Uh, you can see the way it is attached to the hyperdrive seems like it will vent the energy from this hyperdrive in some way. It is some kind of imperial tech. You're able to discern that. Um, but it has been heavily modified and repurposed. If you were to venture a guess, you would think this was the handiwork of Reaper Squad's Magana disc. Uh, and you are able to... Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a huge leap uh, in logic to guess that if the hyperdrive were to be activated, uh, this device would activate in some catastrophic fashion. Whether it be a bomb or something else, you're not 100% sure. Uh, but you know it will take some computer skills and some mechanic skills to uh, remove it safely from this hyperdrive before you can actually jump to hyperspace. Uh, as you are discerning that, in the cockpit, Jaxamar and Tan, you see coming around from one of Tarvo's moons... Uh, and closing the distance on you, the visual class Corvette known as the Bloodhound, the flagship of Reaper Squad. And that's where we'll end the session. Oh, no. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or specifically approved by the Walt Disney Company. Lucasfilm Limited, their subsidiaries or sister companies or any Star Wars license holder and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Go to the official Star Wars website www.starwars.com for more information. The Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Forced in Destiny role-playing games are trademarked properties of Fantasy Flight Games Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more information, go to www.fantasyflightgames.com slash en slash Star Wars RPG.